Welcome to Season 2 of the Podcast Show with Kaivu Linueva, where podcast growth and monetization continues. Brought to you by Podkai Media, a podcast production and marketing agency that helps functional medicine businesses increase their leads and sales. Visit their website at podkai.com. Hi, Steve. For today, our episode is an interview episode. So, for the listeners, you know that I usually do a solo recording, but right now I actually thought of interviewing someone that I met through my podcast and his name is Steve Worthy and he's really a great guy. I met him last year. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, he sent me a message through Messenger and from there, you know, we hop on a call. Actually, I didn't have any idea <laughs> about the call and then I asked him, <laughs> What are we going to talk about <laughs> in this call, right? But exactly. <laughs> it was a great conversation and he's a really great guy. And he's the CEO of Worthy Leadership Group. And he has been in this industry for uh, 25 years, which is business leadership. And you specialize on strategic thinking, leadership, problem solving, communication, and productivity. Mm -hmm. And you have coached hundreds of successful business leaders and entrepreneurs in leadership roles, relationships, and building culture. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about leadership yeah, because it's, it's actually a big thing, mm -hmm. especially if you are in the entrepreneurial world. Like a lot of people succeed because of their skills in leadership. Mm -hmm. uh, what does that look like in your own perspective and why from your own story? Yeah. Why did you decide to focus on that avenue? And is there something particular that you see in people that they don't see? Mm. That's why you decide to coach them? Yeah. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm excited <laughs> to be here. Yeah. I am a fan of your podcast. Oh, thank you. But, you know, for leadership, it's interesting because I was not growing up, I was not big into leadership. It wasn't until I went into the Air Force and the service and one of my instructors, he chose me to be a squad leader. Oh, wow. And I didn't want to be a squad leader mm. at all. I did everything possible to get out of it. And I finally got out of being a squad leader, but he put me into this other leadership position and I couldn't get out of it. And he told me this worthy leadership will always find you out. And what he meant by that is that there are certain attributes that you have as a leader that other people may see that you don't. Mm -hmm. And either you embrace them or you don't. And so I think from that point in time, I think I was 18. I just started embracing the idea about leadership and also looking at others from a leadership standpoint and what are some of those attributes, you know, authenticity, mm. compassion. Yeah. I'm talking about words in leadership that a lot of people don't talk about. <laughs> Everybody talks about results yeah, yeah. and performance and all that other stuff. Toughness, yeah. right? And toughness. Whenever you hear that word, it's like mental toughness, something like that. You should be the, the strongest one in the room. But yeah. is that true that you just have to be strong? You know, I think strength is, it can be defined differently. I think strength of character is first and foremost from a leadership standpoint. I would rather my leader have strength of character than being the smartest person in the room because collectively as a leader, your job is to bring the best people around. And that way, when you do that, you're able to make the best decision. The leaders also, and this is, this is probably different from a lot of other people say, I don't think the leader should always be the smartest person in the room. I think they surround themselves with smart people. And then from that, you're able to identify. Mm -hmm. I think for me as a young leader, I was I was guilty of, of selecting leaders who were very similar to me. Outgoing, I'm quick. I think quick. I act quick. I'm probably 10 steps ahead as I think. Mm -hmm. And so I surrounded myself with people like that to my detriment. 
it wasn't until I became more seasoned as a leader where I started to understand I needed other people that could like pull me back mm -hmm. and slow me down yeah. and make me see other perspectives. And so I think the more you are in leadership, ideally, the more you mature and the more you realize that you, you need other people. Yeah, because you're going to deal with different people, right? And that's actually tough that you have to have different approach when it comes to different personalities. Mm -hmm. One question that I have in mind is, if you were a leader, sometimes it's commonly mistaken as being bossy. Oh, yeah. Sometimes people tend to be bossy because they were appointed to be a leader. So what's the difference between being a boss and being a leader? Yeah, position. Uh, leadership is a position. And I think that's the issue. Leadership is about people desiring to actually want to be led by you. Yeah. And it's relationship. It is connection. It's trust. It's not position. I use up this a lot in leadership when I talk to somebody who's they're about to either take over like a new business unit or they're getting their promotion, you know, sometimes. And I would tell them, I said, hey, when you move into that new position or role, so you know, you're not going to be the leader. And they, what do you mean? Like, just because you have the position, there is already somebody there who has more influence than you. Mm -hmm. And you just have to figure out who that person is, yeah. because right now there's a void in leadership. And that person has assumed that of that void. And now they're the leader. But just because you you are the presumptuous leader that comes on board, you're really not. You have to kind of build up respect and rapport with everybody yeah, yeah. for you to assume that role. That's the mm -hmm. biggest mistake that I see people make is that they just they get the position. Man, they're the leader. No, somebody's already the leader. Mm -hmm. They already have more influence than you. You have to figure out how to win that back. Okay, I see. And when I was in uh, the network marketing industry, my uplines. <laughs> Are you familiar <laughs> with that term? I uplines? Am. <laughs> like, I am. Yeah. I am. They used to tell us during the trainings that you have to be or you have to possess leadership skills. Mm. Actually, it's what they call innate skills. Yeah. Something that is embedded in you since birth. <laughs> yeah. So do you believe that leadership skills is not in everybody? Certain people that you see leadership skills in them while there are also people that you don't see any leadership skills in them. Yeah. One of the big questions people always ask, are leaders born? And, and I say, yes, all the time. Of course, leaders are born. Everybody has the ability to be a leader. It's just a matter if you want to assume the role or not. And leadership can be taught. That's really what they mean by that question. They want to know, can leadership can be taught? Absolutely. Now, there are some people who do have they're born with that, not just the charisma, but the ability to lead and to, to get results and to bring people along for the ride. One of the biggest, I think, underrated, I guess, skills or traits of a leader is intuition. We often talk about that being your gut, yeah, right? yeah. your gut feeling or whatever. Mm -hmm. But yeah. if you have really good intuition about a situation or a circumstance or a person, that will automatically, I think, put you ahead mm -hmm. of other people. Because that intuition also creates a little bit of vulnerability because you, if you know that you don't have the requisite skill set to do something, then all the best leaders that I know, they figure out how to get it done or they hire somebody to get it done. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have intuition about a situation, man, it's tough to kind of lead people and to kind of be successful as well. Okay, I see. I hear intuition a lot, like trust your God and mm, <laughs> something like mm, that. So yeah, is it always 100% correct? Like whenever you feel that your God is telling you something, is that always correct? That's a great question. And the answer is no. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> it's based off of experience. Yeah. Because I'll give you an example. Um, I had a business unit when I, I moved down to Maryland and 
I moved down from New York down to Maryland and mm -hmm. I, I brought somebody with me, brought three people with me, actually, that intuitively they did a great job for me up in New York. And this market down here was a little bit more difficult. Intuitively, I just thought that they would be successful mm -hmm. because they had big stores and they did all these great things. But when they came down here, a couple of them struggled. Okay. And so part of that failure, if you will, of intuition was not being able to pivot and step in when my gut was like, do they really have it now? Or mm -hmm. do I need to kind of go in? Here's the issue. My intuition turned into a little bit of pride because I was the one that put them in that position and I wanted them to be successful so bad because yeah. I was the one to do it. But I realized was that I was setting them up for failure mm -hmm. if I didn't make the change and have that communication with them. So your intuition, sometimes it can work and sometimes it can't. But I think the abundance of your experiences are the best things that are going to teach yeah. you also somebody else's right. experiences as well. Right. Okay. And another question that popped up in my head mm -hmm. is about empathy. Mm. Because I'm not sure, but there's a notion that if you're empathetic, you're a soft-hearted person, that you're weak. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure if that's, you know, but sometimes I hear that a lot. So do you think that leaders should have empathy? And if yes, how would you advise them to use that in growing a group or yeah, leading a team? I think at the end of the day, it's, it's empathetic listening. It's not just empathy in and of itself, mm -hmm. because empathy is a result of being an empathetic listener first, because you just can't automatically mm -hmm. be empathetic. You actually have to have something to be empathetic about. Okay. And the only reason, mm -hmm. only way you can do that is by listening. And empathetic listening is really just putting yourself in that person's shoes for that moment in time, suspending what your thoughts are, yeah. right? Because as a leader, you have your thoughts, you have your perspective, you know, which way you want to go. You know, you've probably been in this conversation before, you know, hundreds of times and you're like, okay, mm -hmm. all right. I already know what Kai's going to say. Yeah. I can go this way, this way or that way. Especially you, you're coaching a lot of people, yeah. right? Yeah. I know. <laughs> I've seen this before and I know what she's going to say. And so being able to suspend all of that and just focus in on what you have to say and truly understanding it authentically. Wow. That puts me in a completely different perspective. But here's what it does. Here's what empathetic listening does. It allows you, it creates trust between us because now you're being heard. The other thing about empathetic listening is that you are seeking to understand before understood. Mm. I think that's Stephen Covey. I think it's habit number five, I think, or something like that. Yeah. But that's truly what empathetic listening is, seeking to understand before you're being understood. Yeah. And listening. Actually, I have been saying or telling a lot about that, especially in our industry, mm. that even if we work in front of our computers, listening is really a big factor. It is. Even if we don't meet personally, you can really feel that the person is listening to you and it can bring you across the world if you know how to listen, yes. especially with pain points of your customers, right? Their clients. How does listening help you in your business and how do you help your clients, mm -hmm. solve their problems, bring them from point E to point B yeah. through listening to them? That's a great question. You know, one of the things that we often talk about, mm -hmm. and I often help them with, help them understand is that the more you know about yourself, the more you can say uh, no to something. Mm -hmm. And because the tendency, especially as leaders, we, you know, we get involved in so many other things. And, and so we can go from project to project, assignment to assignment. And we don't really get the time to kind of like figure out what's important to us right now. Mm -hmm. And one of the things we focus on is that it's a very simple process. We look at it from a gap analysis and you may have heard this. So you start with your current state, mm -hmm. 
we focus in and ask them what they want their future state to be mm -hmm. or their to be state. And then you have the gap. This is everything in between. Mm -hmm. And that's the, what's in between your ears mm -hmm. is your brain and how you think and your beliefs and your thoughts and your actions. Yeah. But we can't do anything without helping them understand who they are yeah. right now. Yeah. Like right now. Mm -hmm. If I mean, who's Kai? What do you think about what's your emotional state? What's important to you right now? Mm -hmm. How do you see yourself right now? Because it, once we able to set that foundation, now we can work on building the setting the building blocks mm -hmm. to where it is that you want to go. Here's the other thing. A lot of times they don't even know where they want to go. Mm -hmm. And I don't because my job is to help guide them. Mm -hmm. And then once we kind of get a, a genesis of, of where we are, now we can create a roadmap together. Mm -hmm. And now there's buy-in, there's ownership. Man, I just had a client. He just finished his mm -hmm. first book. Wow. And yeah, so now he's on the second book. And so I'm just excited because he's unlocked his potential yeah. because he truly figured out who he was and who he wasn't. And mm -hmm. he's got tired of other people telling him who he should be and he figure out who he truly was. Then he was able to excel. Yeah. That's what's amazing when you have a mentor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When you have a coach. It accelerates your growth. Saves time. Yeah. You save time. Mm -hmm. We say it. I say it all the time. I said, I just started using it on my podcast is that, you know, we help you save time, mm -hmm. learn more to save time so you can lead faster. Yeah. But at the end of the day, your goal is that you want to accomplish something of significance. All leaders do, right. but they want to be able to save time to, to ramp up that time frame. Okay. So for 25 years of experience, yeah. what do you think is the most challenging situation you have handled? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. With a client. Oh, with a client. You know, mm -hmm. I've been very fortunate with clients. I think the biggest issue is the beginning stages of with the client. This is where that intuition kind of comes into play, whether or not they are truly bought in to the coaching process. Is this something that their boss said for them to do? Or they think that I'm just going to give them the magic pill mm -hmm. so that they can be successful and boom, snap your fingers. Yeah. Or we're going to have a session and I'm going to give you all the answers. That intuition kind of kicks in. And so I've had several clients that I didn't even start mm -hmm. just because I said, you're not going to give me or yourself what you need to get through this process. Mm -hmm. I can just tell you, some of them didn't even want to do the intake form. Oh, why do I got to do the intake form? And well, that's the start of it. I've been very fortunate from a coaching standpoint, from a you know business leadership standpoint, I've had some struggles with a couple of leaders with dealing with imposter syndrome mm -hmm. and trying to help them you know walk through that to help them understand who they are and help them to become the best versions of, of mm -hmm. themselves. I want to circle back with you mentioned that you were in Army? Air, Air Force. Air Force. So how mm -hmm. does that look like? Because actually, I'm really into action movies. <laughs> <laughs> I watch 13 Hours. Oh, I watch... Great movie. Great movie. Saving Private Ryan. Oh. And I forgot the Shawshank yes. uh -huh. mm -hmm. Redemption. Yeah. Yep. It really excites me because I was also thinking of, why can't I go to Army? Something like that. <laughs> Sometimes I think of that, but... <laughs> Physically, I think I'm not equipped. Oh, I think you'll be fine. I think you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, you know, it's just a dream of mine that I think sometimes. But, yeah, how does that look like? Because you were really challenged emotionally, mentally, and physically. How did you handle that? And when you were in the training or doing the job, yeah. what kind of challenges did you have before? Yeah, that's a great question. The simple answer is that you don't have a choice. <laughs> You are either going to mm -hmm. follow the rules or not and get kicked out or whatever, whatever it is. Like there is no gray. It's, it's black or white. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And for me, as a young guy, I didn't know how much I needed that discipline in my life. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the interesting part about that idea about being black and white, it's either right or wrong, is that when you take that person from the Air Force or the armed services and you move them into mm-hmm. the private sector, you know, the business world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's where the the issues come into play mm-hmm. is because you try to apply that military mentality of black and white to being a leader. And I failed mm-hmm. miserably as a leader because I tried to I tried to be positional. Mm-hmm. No, hey, you're going to do what I say because yeah. I'm your supervisor. But they don't have the same mindset. Completely different mindset. <laughs> now, the discipline and structure and mentality and how you see things, that's a benefit mm-hmm. personally and also professionally. But it's also, but in the relational side of leadership, which is truly what leadership is, Mm -hmm. that's the rub. That's the thing that you have to kind of learn and cultivate and grow. I see. Okay, so I know David Goggins and I follow him and he's really a tough guy. But I love his mindset because I'm really into this learning skills. I really love it. But the thing is, I saw something that someone is bashing him (laughs) because their kid is doing what David Goggins do. Yeah. And their parents don't understand because the mental toughness and all. So since Mm. the setting in the military is different from, you cannot generalize it since your skills, like your discipline is different from us. So what are your thoughts about the lessons that he teaches publicly Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. may not be applicable to everyone? Yeah, that's where the intuition kind of comes back into play. Like either you listen to him or you don't. (laughs) I think here's the thing, though. I think Mm -hmm. he taps into people who who need that discipline, who lack that discipline. They want that discipline in Mm -hmm. their life. And Yeah. yeah, sometimes he can go to this extreme to get his point across and what he's saying. But some people need to hear that level of extremeness, if you will, in order for it to trigger. If you just continue to be soft and Mm -hmm. keep preaching and preaching the same message, he would cease to be the person that he is. He wouldn't be true to himself. But also what Mm -hmm. got him to where he is was that mentality. I think he said he watched out two times or something like that from the Marines and then he finally made it. Mm -hmm. He lost all of that weight, right? He had a completely different mentality. And so... Some people can embrace that. I, you know, it's it's tough when you, when your kid, you know, made me going against <laughs> yeah. the grain and they're listening to somebody else <laughs> as a parent. Like I know, I know myself as a parent, sometimes mm-hmm. I, I'll hear my daughter. So, you know, the, and they'll talk yeah. about somebody and I'm like, wow, do they have that much more influence over them than, than I do as a parent? And truly at the end of the day, they don't because mm-hmm. I'm with them all the time. And I realize that they do mm-hmm. embrace my values and all this other stuff. This person is is there to probably help them and catapult them, you know, while they still have the foundation of what you teach as a parent. That should be the focusing on that. So, yeah, I appreciate what he says. Yeah. And actually, you know, it's um third party approach, right? Sometimes people who are really close to us are quite over familiar yeah. with us as well. So I think we also need to hear something from someone else. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. But of course, parents advice are the best. I can really relate to what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) And another thing that touched me about David Goggins' story was about her mother. He shared a story about his father beating them when when he was a child, right? And that really frustrated him. That was the moment when I saw him cry. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So for leaders or for tough leaders like you in the military, 
personally what makes you cry oh wow <laughs> wow that's a <laughs> i think early as a kid and as a young adult mm -hmm. if i did something to disappoint my parents you know and mm -hmm. they were disappointed in me yeah you know that that frustrated me and that would make me you know upset and, and cry nowadays it's it's um i had the you know unfortunately I lost both my parents. Oh, sorry to hear. And it was the, no, 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 thank you. So that thinking about them mm -hmm. and thinking about like things that they have said to me as yeah. a kid, you know, my name's Steve, but my entire family calls me Stevie. And so when I go home, I, it doesn't matter. Childhood friends, cousins, everybody, they all call me Stevie. And so I actually truly appreciate that because even though I'm a grown man and I'm old and I got kids and all that other stuff, that's that part of kind of my childhood and upbringing was so when someone calls me that it's kind of like mm -hmm. it feels good and so i i think back of you know when my dad or my mom would say something and you know my my dad's voice was probably deeper than mine mm -hmm. and he would you know like stevie you know don't do this or stevie don't do that and i, I yeah. it comes to my remembrance or my mom would say yeah. something those are the things that kind of make me cry because i miss them you know i miss that i miss that that wisdom and that yeah, knowledge but right. i still have the memories that keep propelling me to go forward yeah that you know that's something that the pain that we have in this world it's there yeah yeah and everyone will experience that but you know i'm, I'm not ready yet <laughs> you, you know, yeah. no no yeah you never are and you know it's yeah you know it's the toughest thing that you probably have to go through in your life is to lose your parents and mm -hmm. i lost my sister first i'm the youngest of seven oh. and so i lost my sister first you know and that was tough one of my sisters first and then um you know then like several like seven eight years later maybe 10 years mm -hmm. later something like that you know i'm losing my parents whatever two years to the date actually mm. yeah two years to the date may 13th they both passed away on may 13th oh. my dad first and then two years later my mom on the same oh. date so, yeah so that's the other piece when you start to think about like what makes you cry and what makes yeah. you kind of like appreciate oh. life you know yeah that may 13th because that's the day after his birthday my dad's birthday was may 12th and so oh, so yeah see. so those yeah yeah so those are the things that you know you think about you're like you know when may comes around you're like Ooh, okay let me just let me let me just make it through may <laughs> <laughs> well my father passed away oh. three days after my birthday so i think that because he was really in pain that time i'm sorry he was really in pain that time so i think that he just waited for my birthday and my graduation yeah. day yeah. as well yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you That's for sharing awesome. that. Thank, yeah, thank you no for, problem. you know, <laughs> yeah, sharing no that. Problem. And I want to circle back now with podcasting. Yeah. And yeah. since we are both podcasters and, yeah. you know, a lot of my listeners also are podcasters, as we know. So how would you think leadership plays a big role in what we do? Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the, I think the discipline mm -hmm. of being a leader you know, plays a big role. Your experiences play a big role. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know if it's maybe you and I were talking or I don't know, I was talking to someone else. You know, when I wanted to do podcasting, a buddy of mine talked to me about it. And I was like, oh, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to, uh, I'm going to focus in on mm -hmm. a business. Right. And then yeah, I remember that, you know, I finally did it. And it was the idea of talking to just space 
right? And not anybody. Mm -hmm. But then I remember what some guy, Herman King, told us when we were doing a we were doing a radio show back in in Atlanta. He said, you got to think about like, you're just talking to one person, like mm -hmm. your content, whatever it is, just focus on like you're talking to one person. And then once I started doing that yeah. and started using the discipline of leadership and then also kind of trying different thing, topics out that I felt my listeners, because here's the thing, like when you first start out, you don't know, you can do research and you can do all this other stuff too. Right. But you don't know exactly what's going to mm -hmm. resonate with your, your listeners until you try something out and then you get some feedback. So for me, it was just taking some of those leadership tenants and trying to just like go after it and figure out and starting getting feedback and change up the content structure and all this other stuff. But I love podcasting. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So it's a it's therapy. <laughs> therapy. It's a way of expressing yourself and yeah, right. getting things out. And you think you're helping people along mm -hmm. the way, which is the real cool part. Yeah. Like yourself. Oh, thank you. So how long have you been doing podcasting? So we launched in August. We just we we just launched in August of last year. Oh. So I did radio in college and did radio in New York. But my buddy and I, we had um, what they called it was a blog talk radio. It was nothing but podcasting, which is truly what it was. It was on the Internet. Mm -hmm. It was like a, it was like this platform it was called blog talk radio. And you could pick the topic that you or the category that you wanted to listen to. And people could go on there and pick business. And so we started a, mm -hmm. a radio show called for husbands by husbands it was a show that helped mm -hmm. entrepreneurial husbands kind of balance being an entrepreneur and also being a husband and so mm -hmm. so we brought guests oh, on right. and then he and i would we then we had times when we it was just he and i and we would just dialogue back and forth and we would pick a different mm -hmm. topic and all this other stuff and mm -hmm. we did that for about five oh, years yeah so you already have a, like a, an experience yeah yeah we did that from 2004 to about 2009 and it was it was amazing it was a great medium but we were able to help so many guys out who wanted to start a business and or who were thinking about starting a business and helping them do all this other stuff and so i think when he approached me the same guy told me to do a podcast i was like it's like dude i don't want it that's a lot of work because uh -huh. i remembered how much work it was for us back in 2004 <laughs> through nine yeah you can just imagine how much it is now yeah and it'll just be me but he was like nope you got too much to say you know, my mom, I think my mom, she was one of the other ones was like, dude, seriously, like, if there's anything that you should be doing, it's it's that and I have an older daughter that she was like, Dad, what do you are you what is wrong with you? Yes, like, <laughs> like, do it. So yeah, I took the leap of faith. And um, I've been loving yeah. it ever since. Yeah, you fell in love with podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> every aspect of it every aspect like i think you and i were talking before we started recording we're like even doing the editing now like mm. listen to me man i had no i i was like this is, this is gonna be horrible and i have enjoyed it thoroughly because i've been able to tell yeah. a different story man and so it's been it's been great yeah that's good to hear <laughs> and also <laughs> another question that i have is what kind of help does podcasting do to your own brand or your business? Yeah, yeah. Social proof, but it, it also brand awareness, mm -hmm. right? Identity. You know, I don't know if you're going to do a video or not, but you can see like we have, we've branded the logo. So, you know, mm -hmm. from the Worthy Leadership Group to the Worthy Podcast, everything is connected. Everything that yeah. we, everything that we do, it's all connected. And, you know, one of the things I realized was that I said, it was, I said, if I can get one, one client from the mm -hmm. podcast, They've paid for my hosting for a year. They've paid for, you know, the editing uh, software for the entire year. I mean, that's just getting one client through yeah. via my podcast, which I, I've been able to do a couple of times over, which has been awesome. 
And uh, the cool part has been now having listeners give you topics that they want to hear. And, I, you know, I get certain topics either from my Facebook or when they send me an email and I'm like, oh, OK, I like it. Like I did one on decision making and that was from a, uh, a listener who said, hey, I want I want to learn about decision making. So that's the cool part. And that's the, the growth part of podcasts and the interaction that I like and I've, I've been enjoying. Yeah. And really effective. It is. It is. It is. Yeah. Because, but I think, you know, you and I, we, we you know, we talked a while ago, but you got to take the the listener into consideration. And so, you know, my interview podcast now, we have put them down to an hour, period. Like, that's mm-hmm. it. If it goes over an hour, I figure out how to chop it up or try to edit certain out. Like, that's it. And then mm-hmm. the micro content that we we started doing, it's five to 15 minutes. Because as mm-hmm. a listener, too, I want to be able to give as a podcast, I want to be able to give as much high quality information as possible. And yeah. it forces me because I think your podcasts are, are, are fairly short, too, which is awesome. And you, you're able to pack mm-hmm. a lot in your podcast. But the content is so much more rich than it is if mm-hmm. it's like 30, 45 minutes, because yeah. now you're just pontificating and going off into all these tangents right. instead of just like narrowing your focus. Mm-hmm. And that way, the people can actually just hear what you got to say. And then you're good to go. And I want to take this opportunity yeah, yeah. <laughs> to ask you directly, yeah. okay? Because you mentioned that you're a listener of oh, the podcast show. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh. <laughs> and that's how we actually met. Like you messaged me yeah. and you mentioned that you were listening to my podcast. How did you know about my podcast? You know, I think it was a Facebook group that we were both a part of. I don't know if it was, I can't remember which Facebook group it was. Actually, here's, here's what it was. Your title, podcast, oh, yeah. caught me and the colors. Oh, thank you. And it was just like, it was just like, oh, I was like, oh, okay. All right, let me see. Let me see. <laughs> the other thing, and if I can be very honest with you, was the fact that you were from the Philippines. Yeah. And um, I have prided myself with our podcast is that we're international. Mm-hmm. You know, we are so many countries, which is actually really cool. And I can learn from anybody. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, let me, let me hear what she has to say. And so I listened to your first one. And I think it was one of the first ones when you started and you were telling, talking about like you wanted to take this journey yeah. because you wanted to see how, how to help your clients more. Because I think you're a content strategist or um, yeah. marketing strategist by trade. Mm-hmm. And then um, you said, well, I wanted to, I want to actually take this assignment on to see what my clients go through. Yeah. And I have to tell you, all of your episodes have provided a lot of value, whether it's talking about all the affiliate marketing, Mm -hmm. right? It's self-service, right? So your topics are relevant to podcasters because those are the things that we need. And we, here's the thing, we don't know what we, we don't need until we're actually kind of told sometimes as podcasters, you know? And I think that's exactly what you provide. You provide some of those things that you're like, Ooh, I didn't even think about that. And so that's the, that's the cool part. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah, I'm really thankful that you are a listener. <laughs> Thank you. And also another question. Yeah. What kind of help in some way, yeah. some way, shape or form, how do you think my content has helped you with or in what avenue? Yeah, structure, structure, right? I think just even one of our conversations is just structure and, and try to have a good workflow and to be consistent. I think mm-hmm. as podcasters, you know, there's that whole thing about pod fade, which is like after, I think they said after episode seven or eight or something like that, you, you know, you slowly mm-hmm. start to fade or whatever. Never experienced that. Never experienced. Well, I lied. I lied. Actually, I did a little mm-hmm. bit. Actually, I did a little bit. And that was when I was starting to think about like my, my structure mm-hmm. for my podcast. And it was, I think you were talking in one episode just about like, you know, being consistent, knowing 
who your listeners are and what they want, mm -hmm. because you can go down a rabbit hole trying to put out content. But if it's not the content that people want to listen to, or it doesn't mm -hmm. go towards your brand that like for mm -hmm. me, like everything I do is like top of the funnel, if you will, from trying mm -hmm. to get clients in. But if it's not focused in on that or executive coaching, you know, in some way, shape or form, then what's the point? I mean, I can, you know, having a guest on talking about baking cakes, that's not going to help me getting any, you know, executive coaching clients. So I think that yeah. I think you, you always talked about having your niche and being focused in on that. So I think those have been some of the things that I've taken away. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it a lot, Steve. And I hope that you're really learning a lot whenever you listen <laughs> to my podcast, because it's really my goal to share a lot of strategies to our fellow podcasters. But another thing, I would just like to say thank you and yeah. uh, a quick shout out to our listeners in different parts of the world yes. because we have, of course, in the Philippines, United States, Australia, Singapore, Malaysia, Spain, United Kingdom, and India, Canada, Bahrain, Germany, and Italy, Excellent. Netherlands, and Nigeria. So we have a hit there. So thank you so much for listening to our podcast. <laughs> thank Excellent. you so much. And I mentioned that I just want to keep it this within 30 minutes, but this really <laughs> sparked my interest, especially with leadership and your experience with the army, because uh, I usually watch action movies. <laughs> <laughs> and we are going towards the end of the show, but yeah. I just want to ask you one thing. What do you think is one piece of advice that you can give to specifically to the podcasters, mm. to especially business podcasters are quite challenged regarding their business? If you're going to relate mm. that in your experience back then and right now with <laughs> what you're doing with podcasting and, you know, leading a team or, you know, um, handling a business. What would you advise them? Oh, that's a good question. That's a good question. <laughs> Here's the thing. I knew you were going to probably ask me that. And I was thinking about, and I still didn't, I was thinking about this early today. I was like, I still don't have an answer for that. But I, I think the, the biggest thing, so I get the question a lot. We actually do a, a podcasting one-on-one because even though I've only been podcasting for not long, I still have the business knowledge. And a lot of times people will ask the question about monetization. And I've mm -hmm. done a whole bunch of research about monetization from a podcast standpoint. So for me, podcasting from a monetization standpoint looks a lot differently than, you know, mm -hmm. sponsorships and affiliate marketing. Now, yeah. affiliate marketing I do. So because if I mention a book or something, then I'll leave a link and I, I'm actually just added a page to my, adding a page to my website. Hopefully it'll be up mm -hmm. this week. So monetization looks a lot different for me because like I said earlier, if I can get a client, that's monetization for me yeah. through the podcast. And so I, if, if there's anybody, if there's from a business standpoint, I would just say that make sure that your brands align. There mm -hmm. has to be brand alignment, right? You, you can't have your business and you're trying to use your business about business consulting, but you want to have a podcast about soccer and soccer business. Mm -hmm. And unless you do business consulting in the soccer world, then that's completely mm -hmm. different. Now the two align. And I just think your content also has to align with those two as well. Just for me, I don't think there should be any type of variance between the two because my podcast hopefully is a representation of the content and the quality of content and conversation um, yeah. and expertise that I'm able to get give from a worthy leadership standpoint. Now, if you're mm -hmm. if you're not thinking about it in that business sense, then I still would say, you know, niche down, right? Niche down mm -hmm. into until it's almost a little uncomfortable. Where you're like, oh, my God, nobody is going to listen to my podcast because I am strictly just focused in on, you know, 
teen moms who didn't go to high school. Let me tell you, do you know how awesome of a market that is or a niche that is? Like teen moms who didn't finish high school, like talking about that? Well, I want to talk to, you know how that goes, Kai. You got, you probably dealt with it. Yeah. I want to lead. I want to talk about leadership for everybody. Like, mm-hmm. I just love, lead, like for me, I can talk about leadership for everybody, to everybody. But for me, my focus is on, you know, in the black minority community, helping them from an executive coaching mm-hmm. standpoint. So niching down in that context. And I'm actually even thinking about niching out even more with just guys, mm-hmm. with just guys, because I do have some female clients, but I actually have more guy clients. Yeah. So if anybody's thinking about in that context, like making sure that you just niche down until it's kind of a little bit uncomfortable and then align your content around that, because hopefully if you niche down to a point where you're uncomfortable, you still have the the knowledge base to actually be able to, you know, have like tons of episodes just kind of based off your knowledge. And then you can stretch, you know, stretch that knowledge out into, you know, subject into five or six different episodes as well. Yeah. Niche down. Niche down. And there are actually a lot of topics that you can break down. Yes. Uh, if you niche further. Yes. Further down. So yeah, that's one common mistake that usually when I get a call, a uh, discovery call, and when I ask them, who's your target market? I think all of the people need to hear this. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, okay, that's yeah. where we come in. Like we tell them that it's actually a pitfall if you try to target all of the people in the world because they have different behavior and stuff, right? Yeah, it's tough. Yes. It's tough mm-hmm. because you, you, here's the thing, you, you are passionate about whatever it is that you want to talk about. Like I have a buddy, the guy, Walter, he has his own podcast and it's called Boss Locks. And his his focus is on, you know, African-Americans who have dreadlocks in the professional mm-hmm. setting. Like in a professional. Oh, I saw that in your profile. Yeah. Yeah. So in a professional Mm -hmm. setting and it's been great. Like you want to talk about Mm -hmm. a a truly niche area. It's Mm -hmm. not just about hairstyle or whatever. Like, no, it's specifically about having locks in a professional environment. And I think those are the examples of people who have really kind of found, um, or at least one example. And even yourself too, like yourself too, right? You you can Mm -hmm. go off into all these other tangents about trying to help content marketing and all this other stuff. But I think, you know, what you're doing is that you're helping, you're giving, giving people advice. But the other side of it is that I know you have a business that you're also trying to run too. that giving them a taste of what you can offer them. And then next mm-hmm. thing you know, they're kind of coming to you for something else as well, too. So I think that's the that's the cool part about your podcast that I appreciate that business side of what you do. Thank you so much, Steve. And I think I have a lot of questions in mind, but we don't have time. But oh, okay. I really enjoy because I learned a lot. It's like, uh, you know, quite a consultation as well when it comes to leadership <laughs> and i appreciate it a lot being in the interview you know hopping on a call with me so Absolutely. thank you so much steve if there are people who would be interested in your coaching and leadership you know services uh, where they can find you and what is the main thing that you can promise to deliver to them excellent no that's a, that's a great question i think the biggest thing is about saving time as a leader right i think mm-hmm. The end goal, especially nowadays, is that for leaders want to be able to figure out how to get things done quickly. But the only way to get them done quickly first is to know a little bit more about yourself and who you are and how you lead. So the first thing we tackle is finding your authentic voice and who you are. Then that just Mm -hmm. catapults you to everything else. So Worthy Leadership Group, you can find us at Worthy Leadership Group slash now. And that that link gives you everything, gives you our podcast, but also gives you the ability to set up a discovery session, you know, for yourself and free of charge and love to to, love to chat with anybody who actually wants to do that. And 
we have a really good session and you learn a little bit more about me and I learn about you. And then we, we figure out if this is going to be a good relationship for us to move forward. Yeah, great. And you also have a podcast, right? And I have a podcast and mm-hmm. you can um, link to the podcast there as well. So everything is at worthyleadershipgroup.com slash now. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a landing page with different different quizzes. So if you want to know your superpower, are you a superman, yeah, a superwoman? Wow. Are you a perfectionist? We actually have a couple of quizzes there that you can take, but you can also link directly to our podcast and all the different platforms are going to be there as well. Okay. So for all the aspiring leaders and for the leaders who are struggling, yeah, Steve Worthy is your man. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for being here once again. And for our listeners, if you enjoy this session, don't forget to leave a review. And if you have any suggestions that you'd like to hear, include that in your review or, you know, um, reach out to us. Hope to see you again in the next episode. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. And yeah, bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you need help growing and monetizing your podcast, don't forget to visit podcast.com and book a call with us. We want to know more about you.